presented by the Vapor Technology Association. Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Tuesday, February 27th, and here's what's driving the day. The latest on where things stand with government funding this morning. In the Senate, things cooled off a little bit overnight as senators arrived in the Capitol and sounded relatively upbeat about striking a deal on the four spending bills that will expire Friday. In fact, even Senator Rand Paul said he'd stand aside while lodging his, quote, traditional complaints. The real drama, as is generally the case, is in the House, which returns tomorrow, and where Speaker Mike Johnson is digging in on policy writers that Democrats consider deal-breakers. President Biden is hosting all four congressional leaders at the White House this morning at 11.30 a.m. to see if he can break the impasse over both the spending issue as well as aid to Ukraine. Expect a lot of pressure from all sides on Mike Johnson at that meeting. Last night, during a stop at an ice cream shop in Manhattan after taping an appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers, Joe Biden said he believes there will be a ceasefire in Gaza by Monday. And that brings us to the biggest story of the day, how the politics of the Middle East are affecting today's Democratic primary in Michigan, where Arab and Muslim American activists are organizing a campaign against Joe Biden. Joining me now to discuss that campaign and all things Michigan primary is Playbook Deputy Editor and Walking Michigan Politics Encyclopedia, Zach Stanton. Good morning, Zach. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Good. So, so you actually just got back from Michigan and you were doing some reporting there. Last night, in, in trying to figure out what's going on today, I, I was talking to Ro Khanna, who has served as kind of the ambassador to progressives for the, the Biden campaign. But Khanna was telling me a story about campaigning with Biden in South Carolina after he had gotten word of how concerned the Muslim American and Arab American community in Michigan was about Biden's policy towards Israel and Gaza. And he pulled the president aside in this small room and tried to explain to him, you know, Mr. President, we have a real problem in Michigan. And, you know, that's pretty late in the process. That was just uh, shortly before the, the South Carolina primary. So two questions in that long wind up, Zach. One is, explain to us what this campaign is? And two, why did it take the Biden campaign so long to address this community's concerns? Yeah, so you've seen national media story after national media story that zeroed in on Dearborn, Michigan, which is home to a massive Arab and Muslim population. And we see a huge push for people to vote uncommitted in the uncompetitive Democratic primary rather than supporting Joe Biden. And Within that uncommitted vote, there are two sort of different strains of thought. One is I am opposed to Joe Biden, basically a disapproval of his policy as relates to Gaza and Israel. And there are those that just outright oppose him. And then there are those that want to push him to change policy. And those voters might actually come around and support him again come November. And Zach, just to interrupt, the first group is under the banner of Abandon Biden? 
There is abandoned Biden, and then there's so they're know. done with Biden. Like it's they're, there's yes. no, <laughs> they're <Yeah>. basically saying <laughs> he's got he he cannot be redeemed in their eyes. Yes, and then there is a okay. a slightly an emphasis on slightly more more agreeable uh, group called Listen to Michigan, which is led by the younger sister of Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib, of course, is uh, one of two Muslim women in Congress. Her district includes Dearborn, as well as parts of Oakland County and Wayne County. And the Listen to Michigan group has made it known that what success looks like to them is garnering between 10,000 and 15,000 uncommitted votes today, uh, which they say will be enough to send a message to Biden that they are a political force. You know, that 10 to 15,000 vote threshold is largely symbolic because it sounds you know, low, Zach. Twenty sixteen, Donald Trump. It is low. Uh, you know, it, from my conversations with folks in state, the way that they're sort of thinking about it is that if if uncommitted gets more than twenty percent in the primary, that's noteworthy, and anything close to thirty percent or higher suggests that Biden has some real problems uh, that could really manifest in November. Okay, and on to the second issue, Zach, how the Biden campaign and the White House, how they've approached this. And I would note that the president last night, while he was eating an ice cream cone, Biden said there's going to be a ceasefire by the end of the weekend. And and that, that timing is relevant for folks that may not be aware because the State of the Union also happens to be <laughs> next week. And that would be quite the nice uh, little, you know, uh, medal on his chest, I guess, to have for, for the State of the Union. So take us through the evolution of not really realizing this was an issue to, oh, don't worry, everyone, ceasefire is coming. Yeah. So I, I think in the eyes of a lot of the uncommitted and uncommitted friendly crowd, um, the problem in their mind is that the Biden world basically approached this as a political problem initially rather than a policy one. And we saw this with notably Mayor Abdullah Hamoud, who is the young Arab American Muslim mayor of Dearborn, who uh, was up front in interviews with other outlets, including the New York Times. He appeared on an episode of The Daily where he talked about the fact that there was a meeting that was requested not only of him, but of other leaders in the community from folks in Biden's orbit, but that they were all campaign folks. And he saw this as offensive um, because in his eyes, what he really cares about is the policy on the ground in Gaza. And he refused to meet with them. That precipitated this push that we saw in recent weeks where you saw policy people from the Biden administration rather than campaign folks from the Biden campaign. Uh, go to Dearborn and and meet with members of the community. So, I mean, really, the, that whole narrative right up until last night when Biden uh, is talking about a ceasefire suggests that this is a classic case of a community putting pressure on a president where it hurts politically in, a, in an election and getting a, a response, getting what, what, what they're what, what they're after. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there has been a notable change in the way that the Biden administration has talked about Gaza and Gaza-related issues in recent weeks. Um, I don't think that that's purely coincidental. I, I think that there is a an ongoing unrest, not only among Arab and Muslim voters, but among progressives who are 
sort of increasingly wary of giving political cover to policies by the Netanyahu government that they uh, disagree with. And President Biden was largely able to avoid anything in the realm of embarrassment in New Hampshire with you know primary challenges from from Dean Phillips and others. Um, and but, the ceasefire campaign, there was a write-in campaign. Right, there. It, there, there, there was, and but that didn't really materialize into anything truly embarrassing. But, you know, I think that they are a little worried about the possibility that he could be embarrassed today in, in Michigan. Obviously, everyone expects that he's going to win handily, but the uh, percentage that uncommitted gets, and especially if it, it, if it beats any of the recent markers, will be notable. What about, Zach, long-term, did you pick up anything on your trip about the Biden campaign's general election prospects? Yeah, you know, Democrats that I spoke to in the state are a little anxious. Uh, you know, Michigan is a must-win state for Joe Biden. It is very difficult to see electorally how he would cobble together 270 electoral college votes without Michigan being part of his coalition. Of course, Trump won it in 2016. And any number of Democrats that I spoke with said that they're basically waiting and waiting and waiting and don't see the Biden campaign really having materialized in a significant way in state quite yet. Um, you know, one former state legislator I spoke with, you know, texted me saying that, you know, we are ready for the campaign to turn on and turn up, uh, but it is nearly March uh, and you can read into that what you will. Uh, and that was more or less the attitude of, of many, many folks that I spoke with. And they, they don't think that the state is, necessarily going to be lost you know they they do think that biden can win it they they don't think that just because trump continues to lead in polls reliably in michigan that that it's anything like a lost cause but they are worried that you know here we are election day is getting closer and closer i know that's bizarre to say still in february but you know elections take time to build out you know campaigns take time and effort and in a state that is as tight uh, as Michigan historically has been, where Biden won it by 150,000 votes in 2020, and you know Trump carried it by 11,000 votes in 2016, they can't really afford to burn more daylight and and wait even longer to really get things revving into motion here. Zach, thank you so much for breaking all of that down, and happy Michigan Primary Day. I know it's a, a day you celebrate, <laughs> uh, like a, a birthday or Christmas. Yes. Um, thanks. Thanks a lot for your wisdom on this. You're welcome. Next year in Detroit. And for your schedule today, the Senate is in, the House is out. Biden will host that meeting with the big four congressional leaders at the White House. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening. A sponsored message from the Vapor Technology Association. President Biden, your administration is actively working against you. Robert Califf and Brian King are going rogue to force your hand on menthol cigarettes, and that's just the start. These unelected bureaucrats have been prioritizing politics over science, evident in their flavored vape ban. Letting the FDA dictate policy undermines your cancer moonshot goals. President Biden, it's time to take back control of your public health agenda.